0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to episode 86 of Reddit Readings, the best show on the internet, as confirmed by me and the voices in my head. And we have exciting news for you guys. We now have a Discord server. So jump in there, come say hi. But why? Why would you join a Discord server? Well, first off, You get direct access to the creators of the show. That includes me. You engage in the... Engage in the community. Submit your own stories. Vote in polls to influence the future of the show. What you think is good and bad ideas. What you do and don't want to hear. Give us ideas, feedback. There's going to be giveaways, competitions. That sort of fun stuff. Plus, plus, shh listen to exclusive content plus so much more all right guys today we're on r slash let's not meet so a nice spoopy one make sure you grab your tea your popcorn and probably a nice cozy comfort blanket for this one sit tight and let's go wyndham hotels and resorts makes travel possible for all whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on a whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at wyndhamhotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Posted by you slash Lucia Grace. The man that lived in the woods on my property and eventually tried breaking into my home. A few years ago, I moved to a relatively remote part of my town with my boyfriend. We owned a small section of the land behind our home, which consisted of the woods, a creek, and general shrubbery. I take my dogs out there every day for walks, and one day came across what looked like a campsite where a homeless person would live. There was a basket full of sticks and what I assumed was being used for firewood, a mattress, blankets, and a tarp. It looked relatively kept, so I assumed somebody must be actively staying there. I went off in a different direction and decided to stay away from that area. I had told my boyfriend about what I came across that day and we were trying to figure out what we should do to eventually remove this person, as it was our land, and we didn't feel comfortable having someone camping out so close to our home. We sort of forgot about it for a few months, until one day I was walking past the area again with the dogs, and curiosity got the best of me. I went to have a snoop. Once again, I found the same layout, though much more unkempt. There were some leftover food items and the remainder of a fire. I quickly left. The same night as I was waiting on my boyfriend to get home, I was in the kitchen cooking and facing the window that looked out towards the wood. I thought I had seen someone standing next to a tree, but it was so dark, I have horrible eyesight, so I didn't try to overthink it. But then I actually started thinking, Our home and property was fenced, and that little campsite I saw again today. I freaked myself out. Could it be the person that was staying there? I knew someone probably was, but I didn't think they'd want to show themselves, if that makes sense. I carried on cooking and thinking on it, hyping myself up in a bad way. I kept looking around, but couldn't see anyone, so I hoped it was just my anxiety my overthinking and then there was a knock at the back door. We had a curtain covering the window on the back door so I couldn't see who was knocking and I wouldn't be able to see them from the window where I was standing either. I went to the door and I moved the curtain. No one was there. The dogs had started barking at that point which if you have dogs you know that when you feel anxious them barking can freak you out even more. I had my Alexa play music and turned her off to be able to hear better. The dogs were barking in the front room at the window, but I couldn't see anything. I shut the curtains fully then and calmed the dogs down. I was feeling very, very uneasy. Suddenly a noise came from the kitchen, like someone was jumping against the door. The dog started going crazy again and I ran to the kitchen. I went after them. The door kept jittering and moving. Someone was trying to get in. The pole that was keeping up the curtain fell and I saw a man wearing what looked like a white face mask, some sort of cover to conceal his face. He kept pushing on the door and I was hyperventilating at that point. If I left out the front door, He could run and get me in seconds. So I left the dogs downstairs and ran upstairs, locking myself in the bathroom. I felt so scared. I was scared for my dogs. I called the police as I could hear the back door being hit and the dogs barking so loudly. I remember how I haven't even been able to tell the police my address before the noises stopped. I could just hear the barking But no more bashing sounds. I was momentarily convinced he had gotten in. But surely I'd be able to hear some sort of struggle as my dogs were two large German shepherds. Yet there was nothing I could hear. The police did arrive very soon. My back door was still intact. I spoke to them through the bathroom window as I was scared to come down before they assessed the house from the outside and I had to calm the dogs down before I let the police in, as the dogs were very riled up then. I told the police about the homeless person who lived in the woods. They had a look in the area and couldn't seem to find anyone or anything suspicious. That was until a few weeks later, when myself and my partner, along with the dogs, walked down to the campsite again. To see if it had been abandoned or not. On the slim chance that they did have something to do with the break-in. And we found the white mask hanging in a tree over his camp. And a pair of black leather gloves sat on a tree stump. The white mask that I spoke about before. How I couldn't tell what it was. It's hanging on the tree. Gloves and boots were hidden in a bag which we found by the creek, soaking wet. Apparently all this wasn't there when the police went down there that night. Though the campsite, for the first time, definitely looked abandoned. We sent pictures to the police, who came down again soon after. But even though they had all this evidence, safe to say, nothing was ever done about it. Most likely as there was no successful break-in. We got everything removed from the campsite and taken away in a skip. Who knows what could have happened if the back door gave in. I still worry thinking about it. This left me with a lot more unsolved anxiety than I already had. As hard to believe and absolutely terrifying as it is, this user submitted this post with supporting pictures. There is photos. Jump on Discord and I'll show them to you. Posted by zingingcutie 30 Hi. This is my first post, so I'll do my best to make this interesting. This happened to me in the summer of 2015. I was dating a guy who lived in the city, and I was living at home at the time in the suburbs. Neither of us had a car, and since I lived at home with my bedroom right next to my grandma's, I always went to him. I'd take the subway to his place every week and stay for the couple of days I had off from work. To get to his apartment required taking two trains. One day I was headed to see him. It was super hot out, and I was wearing a skirt with straps, a crop top, and knee-high socks. Hey, I wanted to look cute. I guess I feel this is important, as I probably stood out in this outfit, and unfortunately, I probably should have been more careful about what I was wearing, which sucks. Anyway, I'm on the first train, and after a few stops, I notice a man get on. I kind of couldn't not notice him, as he chose to stand right in front of where I was sitting, and stare at me, rather than take an empty seat. made me feel... Weird. The man in general gave me a very creepy vibe. He was probably in his 40s, looked unkempt, but otherwise kind of just a basic looking white dude whose face I can't even picture now. So I get off at the last stop and head through the station to where I need to catch the second train. But I notice this guy is following me, which at first I figured wasn't a big deal. He could have just been going to the same place so to get onto the platform i needed to be you have to go up some stairs i realize he's right behind me i decide to turn around and go to a different platform which happened to be packed with people thinking if he follows me then this is bad but maybe i can lose him in the crowd he follows me, and I try to duck out of view before going back to the actual platform I needed to be waiting on. I get there, and for a few minutes I feel better, until I see him again. He must have known I'd be there, after I'd gone up there and then turned around. Plus it was the only other platform, and most likely he saw me the whole time. There weren't too many people waiting compared to the other side but a few trains came that were so full I didn't bother to try to get on neither did he. The whole time I'm texting my boyfriend who is not taking me seriously at all. I asked if he could at least meet me at the station when I got to the stop by his apartment five minute walk and he was being reluctant but agreed finally. At this point though I'm still waiting for a train One comes but it's very full but I'm getting restless and I want to get to a safe place so I squeeze on and so does the man right next to me with his arm over me. I decide that even with all these people around I am not safe so right before the doors close I hop out and the train leaves with the guy on it staring at me as it pulled away. I waited for a few more trains to come and go Worried the guy would be waiting for me at the next stop or something. I got on a train finally, paying attention to everyone who got on at each stop. He never did. When I made it to my stop, greeted my boyfriend who seemed put out by having to walk over. He's an ex-boyfriend and was generally kind of shitty. I'm really proud of myself for getting off that train at the last second. I don't know how much danger I was in, but I know that man was following me and definitely wasn't for any wholesome reason. And despite being in public, I feel like if he had tried anything, no one would have done shit. And I am very small and not a very strong person. Posted by u typical underscore suckatash. Home invasion. Hi everyone. This incident happened about five years ago. This is a story that I never really tell anymore, because most people are either uncomfortable hearing it or make well meaning comments about what I should have done in this situation without really understanding how differently your mind works when experiencing absolute panic. But you guys seem to get it, so here's my story. I was living in a relatively nice apartment in downtown Memphis, working as an ophthalmic technician. I arrived home from work at my usual time, around 4.30pm, unlocked my door and went inside. I set my phone, wallet and keys on the kitchen island, hearing my heavy metal front door swing shut loudly behind me and begin taking care of some errands around the house. Having grown up in a small town, it was habit for me not to lock my door during the day, especially when I knew my husband would soon be home anyway. I've never forgotten to lock my door once in five years since this day. I walked through my bathroom and into my large walk in closet and began hanging up the laundry that I'd started earlier in the day before work. My front door opened and I smiled with surprise. My husband was home a little early and I happily called out to him, I'm in here, love. I was met with silence and slowly began to feel that sinking feeling of something is wrong crawl up my spine. I tried to shake it off thinking my husband simply hadn't heard me and walked out into my living room kitchen area standing on the other side of my kitchen island was a complete stranger he was male I'd estimate 50s but it's hard for me to recall exact facial features or details from this moment and was just standing there staring at me no ski mask no weapon just watching me I wondered if he'd maybe walked into the wrong apartment and was going to apologize and leave. But as he continued to stare, I realized I need to do something other than just gape at this stranger in my house. I stood taller, puffed up my chest in an attempt to look more threatening, which is hard to do as a small female, and used a loud, clear voice telling him to get out of my apartment, that he had no business being here. He completely ignored me, like I hadn't spoken. Then he began to pick up my things. My cell phone, my keys, my wallet. He picked them up, methodically, and put them into his own pockets. That's when it truly hit me that this person was dangerous. I was naive enough to believe this was all a mistake until that moment. I darted forward towards the only other device I had that would allow me to get help. My computer. I had to take a few steps closer to my intruder in order to reach it, but still had about 12 to 15 feet between us, so I knew I could grab it and run before he could reach me. As I picked it up and turned to run, I saw him start to move after me, And I sprinted back to the bathroom because it was the only place I could go and put two locked doors between us. My bathroom door and the closet door. I slammed and locked the first door. And within seconds, I could hear him messing with it, trying to open it. I ran to the closet and locked that door too, opening my computer and getting on Facebook Messenger to contact my husband. I sent message after message, pleading with him, ''Call 911 and tell them there was an intruder in my apartment.'' He got the messages within minutes and assured me that he had a dispatcher on the phone and was leaving work himself to try to get me if he could. I waited. And waited. The bathroom door opened and the intruder came inside. He moved to the closet door and started trying to break that door down too. Here's the part where people usually start giving me advice on how I should have acted. But all I can tell you is that I was frozen with fear, with shock, I don't know. But I didn't scream or cry or search for a weapon in that dark closet. I didn't brace the door or try to hold it closed. I just kneeled in my closet and waited to die. Because I knew that's what was going to happen. People like to tell me that I lived in an apartment. Surely if I'd screamed, someone would have heard and come to help. Surely there was something heavy enough in my closet to use to defend myself. Hell, even the laptop I had would hurt if I swung it at someone. Why didn't I do anything? I don't really have an answer for that. But that closet door miraculously held. I heard frustrated footsteps go back out the living area of my apartment. I heard things breaking, bottles shattering, my drawers and refrigerator and cabinet being flung open as things were torn out of them. I continued to sit in that closet, silently crying, waiting to leave, but feeling that death was inevitable. I feel awful about my selfishness in that moment, but I messaged my mum, who lived a 15-hour drive away, and told her what was happening. I just desperately wanted comfort, And to tell her how much I love her. I'm not a parent. But I can only imagine the fear and the helplessness I put her through, knowing her daughter was in danger and that there was nothing she could do to help. She messaged me constantly, begging me to keep replying. I told her I would as long as I could. But I also told her to tell my brothers I loved them to help my husband through whatever happened next if it ended badly. The intruder started messing with the closet door again, mumbling disjointed words that I couldn't really distinguish. I remember hoping that the police would get to the apartment before my husband, that he wouldn't be the one to find me in whatever state this invader left me in. The front door opened again and it was my husband shouting for me. The intruder walked out toward the living room kitchen area again, where my front door was located, and I opened the door and darted from the closet to find my husband on the ground with him, pinning him in place. The man kept mumbling, at times yelling, but never really put up much resistance. This entire part is a blur for me. I remember feeling like that room was spinning, filled with fear mostly for my husband at this point. Eventually, the police found the apartment. It took them about 25 minutes to arrive, which still blows my mind. I know time seems to move slowly during scary situations, so I thought it was less than that. But from the time my husband dialed 911 to the time officers arrived, it was 25 excruciating minutes. This isn't intended to bash them in any way. It just always seemed like this was an unusually long response time for a home invasion. They got my things back from the man and took him out from my apartment. I numbly went through the process of filing a police report, telling them what had happened. One of the officers commented that I should really keep my door locked at all times. I remember feeling like he was being insensitive at the time or blaming me for what happened, but later recognized his words were coming from experience. I am sure he's seen the situation end differently for other women. Within 30 minutes, the scariest incident of my life was over. But I have carried the fear, the violation, the anxiety of having someone intrude into my space for years. If it happened to me once, it could happen again. There is a little bit more to this story, so go and check it out if you like. But I feel like this is a nice spot to end it on this podcast. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. That's all we've got time for today. I hope you enjoyed it so far. I hope you're not too terrified, but it's good. Sometimes creepy is good. Don't forget, go and check out the Discord, and I will see you in the next episode. Peace out. Step into the world of power, loyalty. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do, too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast.